Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections. In the heart of Southeast Asia lies the Mekong Delta, home to 20 million people and the source of half of Vietnam's food and much of the rice that feeds the rest of the region. In fact, the greater Mekong region is one of the most biodiverse areas on the planet, holding no fewer than 20,000 plant types, 1,200 bird species, 800 kinds of reptiles and amphibians, and 430 species of mammals, including the critically endangered Irrawaddy dolphins. From giant freshwater stingrays to carps weighing over 220 kilograms, the river itself supports almost 1,000 different species of fish, ranking it second only to the Amazon in terms of fish diversity. But a good part of all that is disappearing. Climate change-induced sea level rise is driving the delta to lose the equivalent of one and a half football fields of land every day. And think about that worry when you realize that your income doesn't cover your expenses, when you've exhausted your savings and are sinking knee-deep in debt. In the Mekong Delta, a similar downward spiral is brewing. Researchers believe that people are robbing the delta of its very foundations, sand. Assistant Professor Edward Park from the National Institute of Education and Earth Observatory of Singapore is one of many scientists who has worked extensively on research into sand mining activities in the Mekong Delta. Historically, the Mekong Delta has been the global hotspot of sand mining since around the 1980s. And actually, um, our measurements based on the series of fieldwork and analysis of massive satellite images indicates that the rate of sand mining has been progressively increasing from about 38 million cubic meter in 2015 to about almost 50 million cubic meter in 2020 in the Mekong Delta. Just to give you a sense of the scale of how big this is, this is approximately filling 20,000 Olympic swimming pool with the sand. And this actually way exceeds the amount of sand that is arriving to the Mekong Delta each year. And actually these extracted sands are used mostly for constructions of the roads and the buildings and some for land reclamation as well. And as the region develops with the massive urbanization, the economic development and the growth Along with the population increases, this pressure on the sand mining in the Mekong Delta, as well as the other big river deltas in this region, is expected to increase in the future. The mined sand from the Mekong Delta has been largely exported to the regions, other countries, but this export was actually banned in 2017, and also for the Vietnam's own developments. Now all the extracted sands from the Mekong Delta is supposed to be staying in the country, consumed within the nation. But this is actually very difficult to verify. Through extensive research work on the ground, scientists like Rachel Lau, a research assistant at the Nanyang Technological University, have uncovered evidence that the Delta's finances are draining away as a result of intensive sand mining. 
From the sonar images that we collected during our field surveys, in the delta, some of these pits are as deep as 10 meters, and the presence of these sand mining operations is unmistakable in the delta, which are not only visible, but also audible, uh, as the operation of the cranes generate loud and echoing sounds that can be heard from distances away from where the sand extraction is occurring. Other than um, such industrial-scale uh, sand mining operations, we have also observed other types of sand mining activity in recent years, which involves the use of pipes that function as vacuum cleaners to extract sand. Unlike the crane method, this approach does not create the deep pits, making it more challenging to detect, monitor and regulate. Our current um, observations and understanding suggest that this method of sand mining remains on a comparatively smaller scale than the industrial scale operations involving cranes. For centuries, the replenishment of the delta depends on sediment carried down from the mountains of Central Asia by the Mekong River. But right now, sand is being removed faster than this renewal process. And without a clear budget setting out how much sand can be extracted sustainably, this debt could very well turn into a disaster. Okay, so the process of the sand mining is basically the riverbed dredging. So in the Mekong Delta, the cranes which scoop the sand from the riverbed on a barge in the middle of the river is the main mechanism of the sand mining. So in a Google Earth, when you zoom into any parts of the river channel in the Mekong Delta, you can easily find many of these barges with a crane conducting the sand mining activities. Um, in terms of the consequences, there are actually several environmental and also social consequences of sand mining. For example, when the river beds are dredged, it directly removes the benthic habitats, which has lots of ecological implications. Also, the dredging of the riverbed puts the sands in suspension in the water column of the river, increasing the turbidity of the water, and this can actually suffocate the fishes. The other consequences include the lowering of the river water level, simply because the riverbed is lowered due to the dredging that can reduce the flood water arriving to the floodplain area. And this is really important because it can cause deficit of the water in the floodplain. Lowering of the river water also elevates the relative sea level that can facilitate more saline seawater intrusion to the delta that can affect agriculture because the most of the crops typically grown in this delta are not salt resistant, such as the rice paddies. Another serious environmental consequence is the riverbank collapse. And during our field survey in the Mekong Delta, we have seen collapse of lots of homes, structures on the riverbank, and even people who lost their families and their neighbours. The activity is noticeable in most parts of the riverbank. Our field surveys involve interviews and questionnaire surveys with local communities, revealing that residents are generally aware of these activities over the years. Uh, some of them have observed an increase in sand mining in specific river sections, while others noted a decrease, likely influenced by government restrictions. As for the impact on their livelihoods, opinions among the locals are mixed. Half of the respondents view sand mining as necessary, attributing it to job creation and economic development. The other half is unsupportive, recognizing its contribution to riverbank erosion, pollution, and fishery losses. Notably, um, those in this group have often been directly affected, having lost their homes in recent years due to riverbank collapse. 
I think the most interesting part of this trying trying to understand the perception of the local communities. We actually have done a qualitative survey interviewing the people living on or near the collapsed bank. We didn't have this plan initially, but we during the field survey we found interesting because there are a lot of this bank collapse, but people are still living there, and uh, of course they are very much vulnerable. The one of the key results of this uh, specific project is that most of them are not really able to connect the the bank collapse that they are experiencing to the sand mining because most of the cases the sand mining actually happens far downstream. Far away from you know the collapsed bank, so I think I think that's uh, and that actually have a lot of implications on the government's efforts trying to educate those farmers. So most of them are farmers and they don't uh, really have the higher education, and many of them just kind of vaguely think that oh maybe maybe it's related to the climate change somehow, or maybe it's related to the wave, maybe it's related to the changing pattern of the hydrology that's potentially related to the dam construction. Actually, there are lots of dams in the Mekong Basin upstream, uh, but only a few of them were able to uh, link the sand mining activity to the bank collapse. Various pockets of scientists have looked beneath the murky waters of the Mekong River. And the data gathered so far show that the delta has been massively overspending its annual sand income and digging deep into its ancient reserves. Enormous amounts of precious sand have been extracted unsustainably, both legally and illegally. However, the complexity behind identifying the illegal activities is pushing up the future cost of remedying this oversight. And this discrepancy indicates that more than. Half of the sand mining budget is actually unaccounted for, which is the illegally mined budget. So it seems to be true that illegal sand mining has been quite prevalent in the past years across the whole Mekong Delta. And of course, the Vietnamese local governments always have been trying hard to reinforce the regulation of sand mining activities by giving limited license to the mining companies and designating. Specific zones for the sand mining, but it is not easy to detect illegal sand mining or put any kinds of controls. Mainly because the sand mining happens under water in the river. For example, to identify a sand mining site which is under water, we need to do a riverbed survey, which is very costly, involving expensive equipment, and also very time-consuming of multiple personnel. And even in case you find a sand mining site, there's no way to verify whether it is illegal or legally mined sites. What you see is just the remaining poke marks on the riverbed. Also, lots of illegal mining activities happen in remote places in the Mekong Delta and at night. The further adding difficulties to control the vast Mekong Delta that has the river area of almost 1,000 square kilometer. With the future of the Mekong Delta in limbo, scientists emphasize that it's important for more research to be done, as that can meld a better understanding of the current science behind the Mekong River Basin's biodiversity, climate, and hydrology, with the historical and archaeological understanding of its system. 
currently there is limited research on the specific impact of sand mining on local biodiversity and ecosystem. And this is because of the multitude of human activities um, in the delta, including groundwater extraction, overfishing, and the presence of upstream dam, which also has interconnected impacts. It is therefore quite difficult to, um, to disentangle the relative contribution of sand mining to biodiversity losses. Nevertheless, um, we are prioritizing the accurate quantification of sand mining in the Delta as the crucial initial step, which we have recently done. And this will give us um, a good baseline to uh, delve further into the assessment of the relationship between sand mining and local biodiversity uh, for our future research. As part of efforts to mitigate the ecological impacts of sand mining, Professor Park's team is in the process of developing a sustainable sand harvesting map. So the root cause of sand mining is development, which will never stop, and it cannot be stopped. Therefore, sand mining also will never stop. Therefore, at this point, we have to think about what should be the practical management strategies. It is to allow the sand mining while minimizing the degradation of the riverine environment. Sustainable sand harvesting is a new idea that our team is currently working on. We aim to identify specific zones in the river channel where the sand replenishment rate is relatively higher than the other places. In these zones, we can set the allowable sand extraction rates much lower than the replenishment rates. This way, potentially, we can balance the need for sand mining while minimizing the environmental impact. This involves lots of numerical modeling where we have to come up with a time series map of the riverbed of the depletion rates. And currently we're working on this to, for the first time, to produce this deposition rate map to create the sustainable sand harvesting map in the Mekong Delta as a test bed. And once this is done successfully, we intend to expand this and apply to the other big deltas in this region. That was Climate Connections on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.